Hi and welcome to episode 9 of Desert Island Punks. I'm Jake and I play in punk rock band Jake and the Jellyfish and this is my podcast where I interview friends of mine and people I admire in the punk rock scene. I ask them what five albums, book and luxury item they would take to a desert island and we chat about how those choices have influenced who they are today. This episode is with guitarist John Polydorus of Off With Their Heads. We recorded it in the van outside of Red Rum in Stefford uh, about three minutes after we got off stage. Uh, we talked about how Metallica's Black Album sucks, our mutual love for Stephen King, Off With Their Heads, new album and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's a really, really fun interview. I hope you enjoy and remember to rate and subscribe and check out all the other episodes. Enjoy. Sweet. Cool. So, John. Very yes. Welcome. We're welcome to be on the podcast. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good, man. Yeah. Fucking doing all right. So right. second day of tour? Second day. Second day. Uh, like, is that just of the UK or have you... Uh, yo, no. Uh, well, second day UK, we just did two weeks back home, mm-hmm. um, East Coast stuff in the US, and now we're here. We had like four days at home and then flew out on Friday. Sweet. How have the shows been? Uh, just the one so far. Well, the US shows were all fucking rad, and, yeah. uh, and last night in London turf, was, was bonkers, so yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah. man. I imagine doing like... is it Was it home turf sort of stuff, was it? Um, wasn't it uh, album launches? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So the record came out like in the middle of the tour on the Friday. Mm-hmm. In the middle, we were in New York City for the release. So, oh, all right, sweet. Yeah, yeah so I mentioned that was loads of fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was all right. Was that with rotating uh, support bands as well? Was it? Uh, we went out with single mothers for the, the the entire stretch, and then different opening bands. But uh, they're from Canada, from uh, I think Ontario. Okay. And uh, fucking super, super fucking awesome. Yeah, I've heard really good things of them. Actually, really, really good, yeah, man. Really, really good. And all those dudes do other shit and. Drew, their singers in a band called the Drew Thompson Foundation that has a record coming out really soon too, and it's fucking really good. Like they're just stupid Ooh, talented yeah, Canadians. Yeah. So, oh sweet. Well, yeah, I've, uh, I, I I listened to the new record a couple of times the other day and dead into it. So. Nice, nice. Our record or their record? Your record. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've listened to it a few times too. It's all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you're partial. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet man. Yeah. So uh, I assume you're sort of used to got the concept of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think so for the most part. I think yeah, so. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna whisk you away to a desert island. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's yeah. do it. Um, and for some some reason, uh, you happen to have a pre-chosen five albums with you. Um, like I don't know why it just happens. You know, maybe you were jumping off board like a, off an airplane, and you just happened to grab them. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. So uh, we'll start. It's with... It's not important how we've got there. Yeah, yeah, precisely, man. We're so, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, sweet. So, uh, what is your first record? All right, I gotta pull up my list here. Yeah, sure. um, this is like I'm terrible with top five lists because I guarantee you I'm gonna be sitting and thinking about this like six months from course, now and go, yeah, yeah. how did I forget this fucking record? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always gonna happen, man. That's yeah. just the way things work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I picked up Fugazi's 13 songs cool. for my first record. It, technically, the first thing I ever owned was just the first seven songs. Because mm-hmm. back in the day when they sold cassettes, that was the first Fugazi record was just the Red record, yeah, self-titled. And then, then Margin Walker was like a six-song EP yeah, and cassette. Yeah, and they merge it. And they merged it yeah, together yeah. for the 13 songs. And then they had a couple extra songs on it, too. And uh, But yeah, that was my first record. Um, and I think that's because... I was listening to a lot of other punk stuff at the time. It wasn't like Fugazi was the first weird or out-there thing that I listened to. But like I think that there's any record that's stuck with me as much as yeah. as that record, and it's just like it's kind of insane. So you got much, you got like, the, you got it when it was just when the first like seven came out on tape. Yeah, so I mean it had been out for a couple of years. Like I'm not that old, but 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 I mean <laughs> but I was because I, I mean I was I was definitely alive for all of that. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I picked up that that record. I picked up the, the that those two cassettes and uh, Body Count's first record on the same day from a really? mall right. in North Carolina when I was a kid on the same day. Yeah, so yeah. it was a very formative day music-wise for me. I love it when part. you get that sort of, um, when you get that sort of thing that just somehow coincides. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think I picked up, um, I picked up a Propagandi 
album. I bought. I remember buying. I like ordered it online. And I bought like a Propaganda album and the Against Me album together, and they arrived on the same day. And like those two albums have just stuck with me ever since. You know, like 15 years later, I still fucking love both of those albums. I listen yeah. to them on like a regular basis. Yeah. And it's funny as I like, think that like. 15 years later, you know, those two albums that just landed on my doorstep, the watch I didn't know if I was going to like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like... Oh, here's the thing. So, like, so like, when I talk about cassettes, pre-CDs and shit like that, I date myself as how old I am. But, like, when I used to go to the mall as a kid, like, what I would do is I would just find artwork on records or yeah. band names that sounded cool and just buy it. And sometimes you'd get home and you'd have this record that'd be amazing. And sometimes you'd get home and you'd have straight trash. Yeah. But that's how I found, like, Firehose. That's how I found Flipper. That's how I cool. found, like, a bunch of just weird out there shit before yeah. I really... I suppose even... it's before the, like, pre-internet days. Or, like, oh, early, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Early internet Oh, days, I mean, we're yeah. pre-internet. So we're yeah. definitely talking, you know, early, late 80s, early 90s when I would go to the mall and, like, yeah, no internet. And yeah. you just kind of, like, literally... Like, I bought a fire hose tape because it was plaid. Yeah. Like, the outside of the tape yeah. was plaid. And I was like, oh, it looks funny. Yeah, and I bought that. I think we kind of miss a bit of that nowadays. Do you know what I mean? Like, is in, like, we kind of... If somebody mentions it, you can just look it up straight away. Well, that's the thing, too. And I feel like that kind of sucks out, like, some of the, like... I don't think... I feel like people, A, don't listen to records front to back anymore, which is disappointing. Like, they just, you know, make mixtapes or they make... Or not mixtapes, but, like, playlists or, yeah. or <laughs> randoms or shuffles thing. and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, like... I love a good mixtape. I made tons of mixtapes for friends as as a kid, but like there's something to be there's a reason some records are. I mean, some records aren't put together well, and you can yeah. just put a song out and it's fine, sure. but some records are they're there for they're, they're written like that for a reason. Yeah, it has to be that way, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and like to me like I feel like like you said like people just go and they listen to the first 30 seconds of a song and they go, "Meh. Nah, it's not mine. I don't know if I like yeah. it." And then they stop. And there's like 12 more songs on a record. I really feel like people are probably missing out on a lot more yeah, stuff now because I mean, they're not rolling the dice on anything. There's no gamble anymore. Especially you know? with like back then, especially like with Fugazi. I mean, Fugazi were a super exciting band when they came out. And that's the thing. Like, there was a lot of bands that were different, and there were a lot of bands that were political per se, and there was a lot of bands that had interesting lyrics and or whatever. But to me, that was the first band I ever listened to where I had to legitimately think about what they were saying to me. Oh, I think mean, also like literally like think about what they're playing as well. Like you know, it's oh, like fucking, it's ins- it's it's really incredible to think about that if you listen to like some Fugazi, especially later stuff, and try and pick out the two guitar parts. Yeah, like you don't even know which guy's playing what. Yeah, but they're, de- they're they're playing two different things, but they mesh together so well in such a weird way because they're two different things completely. It's, it's like also, it's almost as if they like was it is it three or four of them? Four guys. Yeah, so it's almost as if they came at it weird because I have uh, I repeat it. Um, oh, uh, I love Repeater. Yeah. Love Repeater. So, and that's the one that really like stuck with me. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I haven't, to be honest, I've got a lot of material, so I kind of stuck with that album. Sure. I haven't really explored further. Sure. Um, but it, what's interesting is that like it's almost as the bassist is like playing a different genre. Do you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Well, the the, the from what I understand, um, in, in real life, the bass player and the drummer are both extremely jazz oriented. Yeah, you can dudes, tell. Which you can feel. You yeah, can totally yeah. feel that. Like this, especially almost like a funk element. Yeah. Some of what they're playing. Like. Yeah, and then you kind you have you have uh, Guy, who's the guitar player guy, and he's like definitely from that like well, Rights of Spring was his first band, right? right so like yeah. he was like the forefront of basically what you would call indie rock or emo or mm-hmm. or any of that. I mean, like he was literally like the, the, like the guy or one of the yeah, guys, sure. and then. I mean, like you said, you have you have Ian Ucas comes from that straight yeah, he, yeah. DC beat you over the head minor threat like just straightforward driving shit, and it just kind of clashed in, into this beautiful fucking kind of mess of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's really so it's incredible. It's really rare as well. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like most of the time, that just would not work. I mean, a lot of times you see bands and they're and and I'm, I'm sure I do where four people are playing the opposite thing. Yeah. And it does not work. Yeah. I mean, we, there's we, a reason why you play the same things. So like you know, yeah, but we've like, like we've. 
like we tour a lot and like we've seen an awful lot of bands you know what I mean and like sometimes it's just like oh, yeah. like you know I don't want to say bad things on many bands usually they've got something good I try, I try and be quite positive oh about sure 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 you always, you always try and find something there's always yeah, 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 there's something. Always, there is always something yeah. right You're like, yeah. but like we've seen bands that look like they haven't met before you yeah know? <laughs> I mean, like, we, yeah we, years ago we played with a band that was ha- we were watching that happen on stage where we were like the bass player is angry the drummer's having the time of his life the guitar player is just wanting the show to be over the singer's like, he's, you know, like Freddie Mercury. He's yeah. going crazy. And all four are doing, in a completely different mood and doing something completely different on their instruments or what they're yeah, in, yeah, with their yeah. acting. You're just like, like literally, like, it was as if they just said, you, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. and that homeless guy over there are going to be a band. Like, get in there and open this yeah, show. Yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, for some people it works, and then, like, others it does not. Yeah, but I just think that for, them, for me, for that band, it just seemed like they were like, like you said, not only did I think about the lyrics but I did I had to like you like really focus on music and I also hear guitar parts or little like things in Fugazi records that I to this day like didn't notice yeah which is really fucking right. yeah that is fucking cool just especially for cool. you know the album that you've probably been listening to for like what well, I don't know when that album came out like 25 years ago <sighs> I mean it had to be like late 80s so I want to say like 89 oh right yes yeah, so uh, if, like... if I had better internet service uh, here I would definitely look it up that's cool we can do a red we can Spotify it let's see what happens here but um but yeah man like that to me that was like a if I could play in a band that sounded like Fugazi, I would, but I just don't ever see that opportunity happening, nor do I feel like I have that sort of a have to talent have, level to be in a band yeah, that sounds like Fugazi. Yeah, you have to have Fugazi. a certain, like, well, not necessarily, like, talent, but a certain uh, outlook. Yeah, really. that's for sure. I mean, it, it takes a lot of balls to be that, like... Um, I, don't, well, I don't know why I'm not looking on it, because, you know, I'm from around here, so... <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's, it's considerably easier for me. Everything says it's working, but then I go to do stuff on the internet. It's like, yeah, um, do you no. have a particular song off that album that you, is like is like your song from that album? Uh, I mean, every everybody goes waiting room obviously because that bass line is just like that's like one of the most historic bass lines in the the history of the planet. But like, uh, man, uh, give me the, give me the cure. I think is the name of the song. Okay. Give me the shot or give me the cure. I love that fucking song so much. 1989, yeah, 1st September yeah. 1989. Look at that, fucking, so fucking look at me, man. 30 years today. Yeah, yeah, hold today. Yeah, 30, 30 years today, Holy man, 1st September 1989. Shit, dude, what are the fucking <laughs> odds of that? Yeah, dude, well, then, yeah, it's fitting that I picked that record, Yeah, give me the cure. Yeah, give me the cure, give me the cure, and, uh, but it did a bad mouth, fucking bad mouth, love that song, oh, man. Cool, all love right. Love that song. Uh, so we'll move on to number two. All right, number two for me, uh, uh, this is, this, I, don't, I hope this doesn't offend anybody because mm-hmm. it's one of those bands that kind of pushes buttons. But Sloppy Seconds uh, Destroyed. Cool. Um, you sent me this list um, when we were driving down, and I usually try and like listen to a few things before, but I've n- never heard this band before. Okay, so they're another like older, more like a pop punk band, mm-hmm. also from the 80s. I want to say their first record may have, Destroyed may have come out like in the or even earlier 80s, like yeah. 85, 83, something like that. Um, it's just. It was like the beginning of kind of like that loose, not quite PC, but also making fun of itself for not being PC right, kind of yeah, punk rock. Yeah. Like that record is like, it's got some songs that are definitely questionable lyric wise and make me cringe a little bit when I listen to it now. But like, as a young guy, like playing pop punk music, that was like the band that I wanted to sound the most like yeah. sound wise, not, yeah. not necessarily lyrical content. Yeah, but like, I mean, like also like, hopefully we all grow and change. You yeah, know, we, we, yeah. We realize, and yeah. I, I, I don't know if the band's still They definitely did. No, they're, they do the same absolutely oh, really? uh, okay. funny push your buttons kind of like right, okay. jokey lyric stuff yeah, yeah. and like stage antics and stuff like that. Like the singer is like a very large man. Okay. And 
I want to say their original guitar player had his legs amputated because he was so large. Wow. Yeah, and I think from, from like, was diabetic and I had oh, to have his... Oh, right, that's... So this super skinny guy that plays guitar in the band now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was, just, it was a super, super poppy, super funny. It didn't take itself seriously. So it was like this weird... It's like a weird dichotomy to Fugazi, like a band that like literally takes what they do very seriously. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. a band that like literally did not take any of the content, the music, yeah. like just the generally their stage show is like super loose and fun. But, well, so. this is what I, like um, I've said it to a bunch of people on the podcast. People heard me say this before, but it's why it's like this is fun because everyone is made up of so many different influences. You know, like oh, yeah. no matter where you come, you know, if you're you're playing in off of your heads or like whatever, you know, like if you're playing in. I don't know, Led Zeppelin. You don't you don't listen to exactly that music all the time, and what your influences come from. One of them might be fucking prog rock, you know. The sure, next one might sure. be jazz, and somehow you you end up somewhere in between. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. All yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think for this, this was like a mostly guitar stuff for this band for me. Well, like I said, the, the songs are funny, and I laugh at the lyrics now as an adult, but. It was just like a lot of pentatonic bluesy stuff, rock and roll stuff wrapped in, and it made it yeah. real accessible. As like, it made me realize that I could actually play in a band. Like, I could be in that band. Yeah, you know, yeah, you for sure. the first time you hear a band and you go, "Okay, I could be in that." Band. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, like, like being in a band is not completely inaccessible. I could, yeah. I could play guitar. In, I in think this that's band. A, that's a pretty cool realization as well, isn't it? Because you look at a lot. I think when you're young, you look at a lot of people that aren't playing stadiums who are incredible, incredible with their instruments. Sure. Yeah, and then it's like when you first find that person, you're like. You're not good. <laughs> like, yeah. I could be not yeah. that good. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely not that good. <laughs> well, that's not what I suggested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. So then, are they were they local to you or something? No, or? they were. I want to say they're from Indiana. I'm pretty sure they're from Indiana. Um, no, it was just one of those things. It was just like uh, they had a song called on that record that's called uh, "So Fucked Up," mm-hmm. and uh, my high school girlfriend used to sing it in our. Punk, maybe like my first band, she would sing that that song. We would cover it, right? And uh, and it's just about like just being drunk. It's just a song about like I'm so fucked up. Yeah, sure. and it's it's not intelligent, and it's not you know like world changing or anything like that. But like, I just have like that was like my first introduction was that song and that record, and it's just kind of like has that memory of just being like a dumb kid playing yeah. dumb punk music for the first time. Not re- like I don't even know if we tuned back then. I don't. I think what we would do is someone would hit a string, and whoever was most in tune, we would right. tune to that person. <laughs> so we could have been an E, could have been an F, we could have been, been like an e C. Sharp, sharp. Yeah, we could have. I, yeah. I have no idea. We were in standard something, yeah, yeah. but I have no idea what it was. So, <laughs> cool man. Then like, so you basically your high school band were doing covers of that band, were they? Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So then that would have been like ninety one, ninety two. When we were done. I mean that that band and like I think we learned like I don't think we had any we had like five original songs and forty five covers. You know what I mean? Like we yeah, just kept yeah, learning yeah. and it was everything. We we played uh Nine Inch Nell songs, we played Helmet, we like covered like, you know, uh Misfits, we covered all I mean like literally this weird blanket of just like all kinds of music in that band. Yeah, because sure. ev- again, like you said, everybody was like in a different shit. Yeah, too. and it's like when, especially when you're that age, like you're just friends, aren't you? Like you know, yeah. you know, you just want your friend to be in the band. I was in a band with two bassists at one point in time. You know, because my mate was a bassist, my other mate was a bassist and we just wanted to be in a band together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, they didn't do anything I, different. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, no I I've been in yeah multiple bands where literally everyone's playing the exact same thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's just because just you like want to hang out. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think, like, we all escalated to a point, like, you know, the band, uh, like, Jake and Jellyfish, like, we're just a bunch of mates that just want to hang out. You yeah, know, like, yeah. It's like, it's just, you know, it's an elaborate way of hanging out. You know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah. My, 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 um, 
the band that I play in back home um, that's not off of their heads. We've been a band for 20, almost 22 years now. And that's how it is for us now that we're older. The other guys are married. They got kids. So it's like when we get together for practice, it's like we play music for like 45 minutes and talk for like two hours. Because yeah. I don't ever get to see these guys. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah. So we, we try and book shows and stuff every now and then just so I have an excuse to see each other. Yeah, and exactly. hang out. Yeah, you know, Because yeah. we used to do it all the time. And now it's like we rarely do it. So now we just you make, make excuses. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Um, have you got a particular song off that? Or off, would it be off, the one they covered? Um, no, probably not. I'd probably have to t- change it to uh, Want Em Dead, mm-hmm. which is just a song about uh, talking about all the people in life that he wants to see die. Like, okay. the, like the person that like is mean to him at a store. Yeah, or, yeah. like, yeah, it's, 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 it, again, I, I know it's ridiculously an on-PC record. Like, one of the songs on there is called I Don't Want to Be a Homosexual. Oh wow! But it's also but it's talking about how he may be a homosexual because uh, he's talking about not being a homosexual. You know, it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's yeah. not saying there's anything wrong with being gay. It's just him saying like, I like ladies, and everyone thinks I'm gay because I look funny, and I'm not right, gay. Yeah. I'm trying to tell everybody I'm yeah, not gay. Yeah, I mean, but like, then again, why did I write this song if I don't want to be a homosexual? Right, like, you know, I think it's sure. very, very again, super tongue in cheek. I'm not putting this out there like I, I think that this is the best band in the world. But if I'm talking about five records that I, I would, mean, like, I can put on and just like, uh, and yeah, smile. Also, you mean you grow up listening to it? Like, yeah. At the same time, like. This has this weird, like, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Um, sweet, so we'll move on to number three. Moving on to number three. I uh, have The Arrivals. Okay, again, uh, that's another one that I don't know. So do yourself a favor. Sure. Do yourself a favor and and listen to everything they have on Spotify. Uh, Marvels of Industry, uh, uh, Volatile Mol- Molotov is the record I picked, mm-hmm. um, which is their most recent and the last record they did. Okay, cool. Um, so how, re- how when did it come out? Uh, that would have been probably seven or eight years ago, six, seven years ago, I want to say. So they still on active? Recess. Or they, um, What's that? Are they still active? Or? Very rarely. Um, so their bass player currently is Patty from Dillinger 4, and cool. he lives in Minneapolis. Their um, guitar player singer uh, has moved to the West Coast, so he's out there. And doing other stuff, and he ha- he does a lot of stuff with Todd Conjolier from Recess Records and Boys oh, yeah. of Kill. So he's out there doing that sort of stuff, and the other guys have their own stuff in Chicago now and other bands. So they don't so, really yeah. they, they get together for like an occasional festival or something, you know, like a, a good like fringe show or something like that. But you don't see them play very often, right? Sure. Now. So it's like punk rock stuff, is it? Or is it like it's 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 like um it's it's hard to say, man. It's it's Chicago. It's like a, it is like the most Chicago rock. Okay. band that there is like yeah, yeah. Chicago is this really blue collar vibe to it like it's not like other cities or other towns like west coast of, like of the US are a bunch of lazy fuckers that don't have jobs and they all live on their girlfriend's you know okay. dime in their her girlfriend's apartment while they right. try and make it or make art and everyone in Chicago works a full time fucking job and they have to like beg for two weeks off to go on tour you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah. everyone in Chicago does something else like no yeah, one is sure. just a fucking musician am I, am I thinking the Lawrence Arms from Chicago they are Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's like whenever I think of Chicago, I just think of Florence Thomas. Yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, I love, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love that band, man. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Like, I, I, I do. I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily. I, would, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of Lawrence Thomas. I can honestly not tell you a single song by Lawrence Thomas. Really? I never really listened to them. It's so, just one of those things. So nobody's ever asked me this after doing this podcast. Well, people do, but I'm like afterwards usually. Yeah. If one of my desert island uh, albums would be Oak Alka by Lawrence Thomas. See, so and I know I'll, that I know that's the record. Even uh, I'm not I listening will to the swap band. You, man. you should go listen. To I, I know that. Well, here's the thing. I, it's just because I have been in and around Chicago so much with that band like it's just one of those things where like you go oh I'll check it out eventually and then you just never mm. fucking do like it just never fucking happens yeah, and, that, and yeah. I played shows we have played shows together like we played like a yearly war on Christmas we played their first war on Christmas really? I mean I, cool, I, I see Brendan I, I 
I smoke pot with Neil all the time. I see him. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It just never landed on me, that band. I don't know why. Sometimes you just like... Like ships in the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's you, know, just, it's, you just, yeah. you just, it doesn't yeah. happen. You yeah. know what I mean, yeah. like, there's a bunch of bands like that for me. Like, I just completely missed the boat with, like, Alkaline Trio. I've never listened really to Alkaline Trio. And to me, like, that's the same thing. That's another yeah. Chicago band. Yeah, another yeah. Chicago band. Like, and but I have listened to Alkaline Trio, obviously. Like, but, it, but also that's something that hit me late too. I didn't really start listening to that band. It was like, there was like a, a thing for me like with local Chicago bands that were that were popular it wasn't even like I didn't want to like them because they were popular I just wanted to focus all my attention on my friends bands like if you looked at my my CD collection 10 years ago or you went to like going through like stuff I listened to like on Spotify a lot of it is just people I know that people may never listen to like my almost all my CD collection were like demos of friends bands and records and I lost them in an accident once and a band we were in uh, Call on Fire Shit. actually I lost all my CDs fuck that's and, like something that would be in like a sitcom oh dude <laughs> yeah, it was you know it was like, brutal yeah and uh and I, I can't tell you like like the history that I lost it's just yeah. like you know like when like, when, like this Sistine Chapel is on fire or something you know what I mean like yeah, it was like yeah. that's how I felt it was, it was like, like fucking your Sistine Chapel do you know what I mean like, yeah yeah it was, and, like, yeah and it was just shit that I'll never get back it's just demos that bands that don't exist anymore and they weren't okay. even on computers or you know what I mean like yeah. I'll never get these records back I think it's back. really interesting though because it's like with um, so like for you like it was your friends band you wanted to concentrate on them and I and I, I get that completely because when you are from an area it's like there may be a band that make you big but you know like they might not be your best mate that made it big and everyone's trying the same too same yeah, thing do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's like sometimes uh, like when we've really played the stage a couple of times you know you speak to a band they'll be like oh, I love this band you'll be like really like I hadn't really considered that band do you know what I mean yeah, not yeah. because they're bad people it's just because you know like yeah. I was, I'm surprised that this band are particularly big over here yeah, yeah like, I, remember listen, I remember listening to an uh, interview with Laura Jane Grace and she talked about Cox Barra yeah right which in the UK like like any band that I can think of that are doing touring right now, I don't think any of them have ever listened to Coxbury. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it's tragic to me. Like I'm, I'm like right, right there with her. Like yeah, dude. Like that's for us. It's like old school punk. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That like you know we listen, you know we all listen to a bit of that. But like I can't. I don't know if they're bad. I don't know if they're good. It's just that none of us have been influenced by that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Which you know, when it, when I when I heard that interview, I was just like, you know, Lord, I. Against me, one of my favorite bands, like one of my like biggest influences, um, and I heard that, and I was just like, all right. And I remember even the person interviewing them was just like, all right, <laughs> like you know, you know, it's just like because it's distance. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for state, for people in the states, like they don't have the same, uh, they didn't grow up with it or whatever. So yeah. therefore, it's you know, yeah, it's kind of. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, to me, like I don't know, man. Like to me, like I, in my mind, when I think about Coxbar, I just think like. Like of, of all those bands, like of the really old sixties, seventies, eighties, British punk, punk. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like they're my favorite. Like really? far and away. Ooh, I should definitely like, check them out. Oh, dude, they're great. And you know, we've I've had the opportunity. We played a couple of shows a few years ago together. Um, and then we're playing actually a show with them on a fucking aircraft carrier in San Francisco. All right. In a in a couple of months, which is in October which is bananas too but like sonically they're my favorite by far cool. the guitar stuff's really really cool we got to talk to the guitar player and like he, he tells us told us how like what he did with his solos why they sound so unique is that he played you know octaves so he played one 
and he went back and redid it in a higher note. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you don't even really they're, they're so perfect sounds, that you don't even re- yeah, yeah you don't yeah. even realize the texture's there, but it's fucking it's and then you, when you find out you're like oh. That makes sense. Obviously, yeah, it's just really yeah, yeah. Like, but I think it's just because like over like I'm in the states, you know, like you, like that whole sort of like UK sort of punk stuff was like pretty big. Obviously, came over, but like like for us, I don't know. Like maybe we listen to more stuff in American style. You know, know hey, that makes sense though because yeah, to be honest with yeah. you, like if you were to talk to me about New York hardcore, I couldn't fucking tell you anything about yeah. New York hardcore because I didn't. I don't grew up in New York. I don't really care for. That, I mean, it's fine. But it's just not my thing. I just never yeah, listened yeah, to it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so I could come over here and be like, "Do you know?" Da, 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 da. Like, and I would be like, "Nah." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's man. Chromax couldn't fucking tell you a song. Yeah, I don't know shit love, about the Chromax. People love the Chromax. I the, there you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like they that's that's the thing. Lose, I mean, I've never listened to it, but they lose their shit about yeah, Chromax over yeah. here. That's the thing. And, and I like for for uh, like over here, it's usually like I hate to hate to. But like, it's usually old men. Do you know what I mean? Old men, <laughs> old men like uh, Cox Barrow over here. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. we well we refer. To, yeah, that's that's old punk. It's old punk. I mean, yeah, like yeah. when you, I mean, they're fucking amazing dudes. But they're also when we play with them, they have their grandkids there. Yeah, they flew their fucking families out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they they are older dudes. But yeah. I'll tell you, they still fucking. I'm um, yeah. I'm they're sure still they're the one, they're still one of the still best live sounding bands I've ever heard yeah. ever. Really? Ever? It's incredible how good they are. They sound live. Like they are just. Fucking perfect. I need to like this is what's great about it as well. We like uh, every person I've spoke to has a new thing that I need to chat to. You know yeah, I mean? like, and that's the best, man. That's like literally the best. I feel bad that we're not talking about the arrivals because that was the whole point of. <laughs> sure, yeah. So um, give me give me a song. Give me a song to listen to. The oh Jesus, that whole fucking record is good. Uh, water, water everywhere is really, really good. The power won't be staying on for long. Fucking, it's literally the same like chord progression and drum beat the whole song, and it is. That sounds so simplistic, but it is absolutely just fucking perfect. Cool. It's like uh, tear down the willows. There, I mean, that whole fucking record is front to back, incredible. And and you when you listen to it, you I think you'll you'll get what I'm talking about. Like it has a very blue collar. It's punk, but man, like their instrumentation, the guitar work on those records is just yeah, fucking like, like it's like light years ahead of everybody else, man. Yeah. Like as, as to why that record did not become one of the biggest records in the history of music, like honestly, in my opinion, it blows my mind because it is one of the most perfectly crafted records I've ever it's heard. Weird, because I, like, I don't know they sort of band that would play fest. Yeah, they played uh, they played fest in uh, Florida several times. Oh, um, one of their last shows was. Neil, Neil Hennessy from Lawrence Arms played bass for it. Really? Because Patty couldn't make it. But the year before that, or a couple years before, when that, that record came out, they played at 8 Seconds uh, in Gainesville. And the the last song on there is called Simple Pleasures in America, mm. which is it, which is actually probably you know the jam. It's the last song on the record. And it's fucking perfect. And everything about that song is fucking amazing. And they, they performed that live at Fest. And there's this whoa thing at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. And what they would do live is they, they would carry the woe for a little bit, and the drummer would do like a bam, 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 back into the song yeah, for one yeah, more time. Yeah. And they stopped, you know, after doing that. And they were getting ready to walk up, and the crowd kept the woes going so much that they would just look at each other and kick back in one more time. Oh, man. And, like, and then they stopped, and they were like, and the crowd would not relent, still with the woes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like kicked in one more time. Our friend Dave Decker, he's a Tampa fucking legend, like on stage, rips his shirt off, backflips into the fucking <laughs> crowd. Like it was like bananas. It was like one of the greatest like moments of me watching a band. I woke up the next morning and had bruises 
from my wrist down to like my elbow on, on both my forearms. I have no idea why. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck did I do yesterday? Just, just by listening. I was just <laughs> getting just so wasted and having like so much fun there that time. And I just like literally, like, what the fuck happened to me last night? Like, but literally an incredible American, like one of the best American punk or just rock bands I think that have come out in the last 20 years, hands down. Oh, cool. Hands right. down. So we'll move on to number four. Number four. Okay, so number four is a, is a real controversial one for us as a band. Uh, it's uh, Metallica and Justice for All. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm on board. I'm okay, gonna... okay, so pound it. See, we always argue in the band about the black record, which I think is shit. Yeah, black record sucks. And okay, and, and does it suck in comparison to maybe other records? Maybe not. Does it suck in comparison to Justice for All? Absolutely. Does it suck in comparison to the first four records? Yes. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. It's too many songs as well, man. Too many songs. Uh, you could have, you could have cut off Wolf and Man. That's always the one I go to first off. The lyrics in that are terrible. Yeah, man. You wrote a song about being a werewolf. Dude, that's like, Metallica, it's stupid. Lyric, lyrically, Metallica, like, you need to be careful when you look too far into them. But like, when they're good, they're good. But when they're bad, they are bad. But that's the thing, though. And Justice for All, those fucking lyrics were, it's like they were written by Noam Chomsky <laughs> and he gave them to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that is the most political metal record maybe ever. Like, but, no, my only my only thing about Injustice for All, because I, re- I really like that album. I think that's one of the better ones. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it, it, the thing is, right, it kind of, if you mention this to like, metal fans or Metallica fans, they go, well, oh, there's no, um, uh, I'm going to get crucified for it. What's the, what's the bassist? Jason Newstead. Uh, the other one. Oh, the the guy from uh, Suicide Tendencies? The, the, no, the one that, uh, the one that Oh, Cliff Burton. Cliff, Cliff Burton. Burton. Yeah, Cliff Burton. Like, Cliff Burton. Okay. Um, so when Cliff... Like, because it's the first album after Cliff Burton, isn't it? And it's like, there's a reason why the bassist makes out of that fucking album. But it's the same. I think it's some of the best songs. Do you know what I mean? The first of there's I think there's like 45 guitar parts on every song on that yeah. fucking record. I mean, the oh, guitar yeah. work on that record is mind-boggling. Something I do know too is that they did a lot of cutting with the drums. No, because well, I mean, if you listen to some of those rolls, they make no fucking sense yeah, yeah but like yeah. but let it the bum bum ba da ba da 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 one of the best metallic songs that I mean just the opening of that record such a good fucking nah, dude, song man yeah absolutely I mean like one is on that one has probably gotta be I mean like as played I, out as that song is that's gotta be in the upper echelon of so metal songs I, I, I controversially do not really like one I like everything other than the chorus which sounds out of tune to me that's interesting yeah so it's like you know when you go the whole it just it's just Bland. Like the rest of the song is fucking banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like yeah, yeah. that chorus. I, I, just, like, I, I, I can, I kind of get that. I, I can, can get where you're going. I with feel that, like they wrote the rest of the song had everything other than the chorus, and that chorus is just like we need the chorus. Oh my god! Like that's like yeah. what we're gonna do. Oh, what's the song? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I can't, I can't see anything. I no arms, legs. Oh god, help me. Yeah, okay, yeah, fine, fine, just, 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 it's fine. It's just, a just get to that. Yeah, 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 get to that bit, and then you go. But it like is, it's for me, it's the chorus that really falls flat because it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, like I remember watching them play that the year they lost the Grammy to Jethro Tull for best metal album oh, tough. on television. Yeah, and like it was one of those moments, like before, like all this shit became just so normalized, and like 
you see people with pink hair walking the streets and fucking facial tattoos and they, yeah. they're, they're serving you your coffee and they're your boss at your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 20, 30 years ago, man, like I, I don't like to do that. Like, well, you have it better now. No, you just have it different now. But back then, like it was mind blowing to see yeah. Metallica on the Grammys, yeah, like yeah, not sure, on MTV, yeah. not Headbangers Ball, not Alternative Nation, not, you know, like some late night college radio show. Why I like, think a lot of people fucking love the Black Album because, you, like, you know, it did make it, it made metal mainstream, which for better or for worse. Oh, sure, yeah, like, absolutely. That was the thing that really, and then they won the Grammy for that record, yeah. which is like, fucking no, not that <laughs> record. Are you fucking Dude, kidding me? So like the apology polished. Grammy yeah. that they get for that. Like, you know what? I, I, uh, and like, I know it's more or less the same thing, but like, uh, have you ever listened? So. I grew up in Metalhead, right? Okay. Uh, and, you know, I'm... So, so did I. I uh, metal, metal was my my foray into punk music. Yeah. Cliff Burton had a Misfits tattoo, and that was literally, literally what... I, I was like, what is that tattoo? And I was like, it's the Misfits. Then I bought Walk Among Us, and that kind of led into a whole so other world So that's how I more or less got into punk. You know, I was basically into folk, and, like, I got, like, classic rock, and then I went into metal, and then, like, metal, for me, moved into punk. Because I think it's because, like, Ramones was such an influence on huge amount of people. And sure, stuff like that. sure. But, like, uh, um... So, like, Machine Head, yeah. like, have you ever listened to the album The Blackened? Yeah. It's literally the most produced album of all time. Yeah, it does sound like it was played by robots and yeah, computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, and that, for me, is the black album of them. You know, like, yeah. and, I, and for, for my generation, though, we when we listened to that, so I was like 16 or something when it came out, and, like, uh, it came out, and I remember thinking, like, yeah, the songs are good, but I don't like it for some reason. And my mates went, it's because it's so fucking produced. Like, it's so, like, you know, it's like, so, like, it's so polished. Yeah. And I was like, that's why I don't like it. Like, I finally realized why I didn't really like and it. And that's strange, right? Like, that, that, that your ear will, will pick out something like it being too perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, like it, no energy. The yeah. energy saps out of it. Like, it's sucked out of the, yeah. Yeah, all, all the like electricity emotion. is yeah. sucked out of the room and you're just left with tone and, and does this, you know, is everything lined up? Is everything completely to a click? Yeah, it's is like the tone right. You just quantized the entire band. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some some fucking dude was just like, oh, I'm gonna fucking reamp you through this. We're gonna play yeah. you through this. Like, you know, we're gonna fucking auto tune everybody's vocals. We're gonna fucking make sure that there's not one warble on the bass, the guitar, nothing. Everything's just gonna be. And then it's not a rock band anymore. It's so, not a metal so band what? anymore. So the so the this is controversial within the band. Yes, Ryan loves the Black Album. Oh, man, he's wrong. <laughs> God, I fucking, I really like you, and you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I told him I was going to talk like, a lot of shit about him on this podcast. Like, I mean, I understand it. It's a pop album, right? So it's like if you, if you like the, if you, you know, if you're interested in like sort of, in theory, the bangers, you yeah. know, like it's, but it, uh, for me, like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with pop at all. Yeah. And some bands, that's their best one. Sure. But for like Metallica, they had four albums worth of fucking good material. I mean, as much as overdone you yeah. know like my thing about Metallica is always that they write a song they do the they do the um, they do the solo and then they play the whole song again yeah, yeah oh like, yeah oh which, yeah which, which, oh yeah which, which you do not need oh yeah oh yeah and like well, also there's like a, a two minute bridge leading into the solo yeah yeah that it never gets touched again and then yeah, and then like the thing is with the Black Album is like for, like again for better or for worse they cut half of that yeah they, the solos went away to a large degree at least the like the intricacies and the links of the solos yeah. and like their argument is like things like Unforgiven is a heavy song man listen how fucking heavy that really, song is I don't is. really care about being heavy like that's not like it, but exactly like yeah. okay so yeah so yeah it's dun, 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 dun. okay but at the same time like I'm just bored with that yeah there's no energy there like too through the never is like 
the only song that sounds like a Metallica song on that record, and the song, the lyrics of that song are terrible. Yeah. But that one just like it's just thrash. Like they were a thrash metal band, yeah, yeah, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're they were band. just not yeah. a thrash metal band. Yeah, they're they're, they're rock band. Yeah. They're like I mean yeah. again, there's nothing really wrong with that. It's just, no. If, if you're if you're like uh, yeah, I did a whole thing about like. I did a, uh, so I'm studying masters at the moment, but like um, I do I did a whole thing about like um, selling out and authenticity. And the thing is, is when a band gets big, fans just feel betrayed. Do you know, like yeah. when you change the sound, because yeah. well, we've invested our time in these four albums, yeah. and the fifth album you've gone and done something that appeals to the masses rather than appeals to us. Yeah, uh, well, yeah we've been there. Yeah, and you know, to be honest with you, I think that that's a that's a fair criticism for some stuff. Yeah, of course. It is. At the yeah. same time, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like, listen, you also get bored, and I will say this out loud to anybody that doesn't play in a band that, that has that sort of attitude. Like, you have to understand that you a you get older and you get your your tastes change, how you play guitar changes, how you yeah. play bass, drums, you get better. You want to do stuff you watch other people play and you get inspired by what they're doing and you're like sure. man I want to kind of do a part in a song like that and we never do stuff like that I want a cool slow song or I want a cool super fast song or I want to do a part where we have a, a bass solo or here that's, that's absolutely so it's such a good point because I've said to a bunch of mates now that have talked to me about songwriting and I'm just like well often I write a song because I hear a song that I really like and I go I want to write a song like that yeah and then I write the song but obviously it goes through the Jake, you know, yeah, like, you yeah, know, the, you're the, the filter, you're the, yeah, filter. the Jake filter, yeah, right? Yeah, so of course. so it goes through that filter, like when it comes out, it then to so go through my filter, then it goes to the band, we figure out as a band, and then we figure out structures, and then it goes through that filter. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And so then, by the time it comes out, it doesn't sound anything yeah. like that song. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple. I mean, I, and I won't go through the specifics, but there's a couple off of their head songs in previous records in this record that are literally like the same thing like very much inspired by the direction or the feel of a song yeah it doesn't sound fucking anything like that song yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the chord progression is not the same the, the the changes aren't the same nothing is the same but like it started there was like that song is good yeah. I like that song I'm inspired by that song let's move, yeah. let's move from that yeah. for example on that Arrivals record the very first song I think is called Two Years maybe that is Dave from that band trying to write an off with their head song. No way. So when you listen to that record and you hear and you'll go, doesn't sound like an off with their head song at all. Yeah, but, but like, that was what where yeah. Dave was coming from when he wrote and that you song. Know, it ended up being uh, what I assume was probably a really good song. Like, it's a it, fucking great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like literally, there's nothing that misses on that record. I know I'm not talking about it again out of, back out of order, but it's really, really fucking good. Sweet. Well, so we'll move on to number five. Number five. Um, this was a hard one to pick because I wasn't sure which record I liked because I really I wanted to get something that wasn't just fucking dudes and metal in here because I listened to a lot of obviously like yeah. uh, ladies trans folks that make fucking music out there all yeah, kinds sure, of yeah. people are making awesome music right now um, so Dresden Dolls uh, really any record cool Yes Virginia No Virginia self-titled so Dresden Dolls I'm right thinking it's Amanda Palmer right yes Amanda fucking yeah. Palmer yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely so uh I had a girlfriend a few years ago, several years ago now, and uh, I had never heard this band before. And she was she was playing them for me one day in a car, and and I'm not like I'm not a bro about fucking music at all or anything typically, you know, like where I'm like, what's this fuck chick singer? You know, like, it was just like, but I was immediately like listening to the lyrics. And I'm like, like I was like, what are we listening to? Because it wasn't anything. She listened to like some stuff that was good, but she also listened to like Under Oath. Right, like yes, you know, like Christian right. hardcore yeah, shit. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Where you're just like, all right. I love you. Play whatever music you like. Yeah, I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Like we don't tolerate. I'm, I'm not shit. into it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, it's I, I. You listen to shit that I like that you don't like. It's fine. But she was playing Dresden Dolls one day in the car, and there was one one song in particular, and I was just like, like what? What are we? 
what are we listening to? And she's like, oh, it's this this band, her name is Amanda Palmer, and it's just, you know, piano, drums, and that's it. And I was like, it made me, like, really super, like, I have friends that do two-piece bands. We're going to go on tour with a band called Slingshot Dakota that does keyboard and drums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Slingshot Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to do, uh, or there's a band from Chicago called Heart Shaped Hate that I was friends with for years. It was a girl drummer, girl uh, keyboard player. I really love that dynamic of just a two-piece where they kind of, like, look at each other and face each other and, like, are playing at each yeah. other in an almost a real skill. Like, the thing is, right, there's a lot, there's a lot of two-piece bands. So, which means they're a lot of shit. But when yeah. they're good, they're fucking good. And that fucking band, like, I mean, like, as good as she is, I forget her drummer's name, but he, that guy, what he does is so perfect to accent everything that she does that it's just, like, one of those things that's so stripped down, yet it's so fucking complicated at the same time. Like, you're like, there's so much going on for just two fucking people, and you're like, lyrically, piano-wise, drum-wise, it's the whole vibe of everything. Yeah. And it's just well, so it? fucking, it's so like kind of refreshing too and it's like I mean there's a lot of like very like a Bikini Kill was a band I could have put a record on here for because mm-hmm. I fucking love Bikini Kill like there's so many just badass women trans folks people making music out there that like there was something about the Amanda Palmer take on it that was so like I don't give a fuck uh, there yeah, was no, there's nothing apologetic she about anything <laughs> she does not fucking care and those lyrics are like Unfucking real in some of those songs. Like you're just like, man. Like, and you and you feel like like again, like, like as a dude, you're just like this piece of shit because you're like, oh well, good for you as a yeah, woman to write yeah, a good yeah. lyric and a good song. No, fucking, she's fucking just destroying people. Yeah, she's so know, fucking. I don't good. really know much. Oh, so I kind of didn't look into it, um, but like, I know that. Uh, relatively controversial but I don't know within what circles you know yeah, um, yeah. but I know that she does, she's married to Neil Gaiman Neil Gaiman yeah, yeah. fucking power couple right there dude <laughs> yeah. you know what's funny because I just watched Good Omens on Amazon and there's so many things about Good Omens that are very like empowering or very much like not even trying to be empowering but it's like right off the bat because Christian people especially in America are just the most triggered yeah. <laughs> bunch of fuck sticks on the planet like they they call everybody snowflakes, but the second yeah. the yeah, voice of God is is, is a woman on a fucking TV. I don't think no, I'm good. I don't drink. Oh, right. just um, but uh, but yeah, like everyone was losing their shit that the voice of God was a woman, like right off the bat, right yeah, off the yeah, bat, yeah. and that's that's classic Neil Gaiman just being like, yeah, yeah. don't it, care, you just want to fuck with don't like, don't care. Have you read um, uh, Sandman? No, I have not. I have a, I have um a uh, I have a couple of the comics that were bought for me as a gift, and I have not cracked them Dude, open it's yet. Great. I, I it's, it's gonna be like a oh oh like a rabbit hole when I really start. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I like I want to devote yeah. fucking time to it because like I'm just finishing my Walking Dead graphic novel collection. Uh, so out. Dude, that's a long walk. <laughs> Dude, I, and I'm almost there. Which really? is the, yeah, like I I just. I'm like two trades away from having everything. I'm just waiting really? for the last trade to come out. Yeah, because he's just like, finishing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just yeah just ended it like fucking out of nowhere, which is yeah. pretty ballsy. It's kind of it's been coming to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, I don't know, man. To be I, when it got to the the whispers aspect of stuff, it was really really cool, and then it just became to be like. I don't know, it's almost like Game of Thrones where you're just like, oh, who dies in this one? Yeah. Oh, who's going to die in this one? It's like it didn't, just starts to lose the luster after a while. And so, you killed 45 beloved characters in front yeah, of me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just numb Yeah, now. no longer shocks. No, yeah. I don't even like reading anymore. Just like looking at the pages and going, okay, 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 uh, all right, he's a zombie now. Okay. Oh, well, no, she's dead. Okay, okay cool. I'm done so, with that one. So we've got our five records. Yes. And then a book. Oh, a book. A House of Leaves. Okay. Mark... Uh, Daniel Lewski. Okay. Are you cool. familiar with this book? I am not. Oh, man. Okay, so 
it just, like, yeah, again, like, uh, because uh, I, like, we only organized this the other day, like, um, I haven't really looked up this oh, yeah, yeah. time I try to look no, up. I'll, I, I'm excited to tell you about it. Um, so, I found this book at a bookstore a few years ago, and I just was like, I was looking for something that, I don't, I don't, I don't read nearly as much as I, I should. I, when I was no, a kid, I think, I think everyone feels like. Dude, I, I, I was reading books at the age of three. I was like reading out loud. Like I read so much as like up until like my twenties. I was yeah. nonstop reader. And then as I got older, it was lazy and TV movies. I genuinely think like as much as I love TV, I think it makes you just lazy. Oh, like, absolutely, absolutely. But I also like being lazy. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, but uh, so true. but um. So, the book is essentially three books in one. And, let me, and, and I may be wrong, and maybe I used to be four, so let me think about this. So, the premise of the book is that this character, whose name is Johnny Truant, mm-hmm. um, has a neighbor who's this blind guy, uh, whose name is Zapano, who passes away. And he doesn't even realize he's blind until he goes into his apartment after the guy dies, and there's no lights anywhere. And yeah. So, then he starts finding this manuscript of this book that he's writing. And the book that this guy is writing, um, so you have the book, so Johnny Troon is commenting as we're going through the book. You have the book that the guy, his neighbor, was writing. And then you have all these appendixes that are getting added from the person that's actually putting all this stuff together. And then there's, like, stuff that references to things you got to go to the back. of the. And So basically what it is is this guy was writing a book about a documentary of a guy who had this house. And the first thing you see is this guy, like, is filming and he shows you the house he shows you the backyard he shows you where the wall ends and he shows you a window so he climbs in the window takes the camera to the other window so you can see that it's where the house ends then shows you where the wall that you know is a yard yeah, yeah. oh and there's a door there and he opens it and there's a hallway and you're like how the fuck is there a hallway to fucking nowhere yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole book keeps going into further what happens to this family that lives in this not necessarily a haunted house, but this house that just has like a mind of its own. It's expanding and has rooms Ooh. and like keeps getting bigger and cavernous. The further you go into it, like this guy who's like a mountain climber goes in and never comes the back the fuck out. Like, That's fucking it, awesome. it, and so, but then you have the guy who's like putting together the book, who's dead, and all his notes. You have the guy Johnny who's like found the book, who's trying to piece this all together and figure out because this film doesn't exist. He's like referencing critics that talked about the, the the Navidson documentary, and he's like, "There's no, it doesn't exist. It's yeah. not a thing. What the fuck is he writing about?" Yeah, yeah. But there's and then and then you'll like get these like little like like footnotes that will reference you to books and interviews and things that never fucking happen. Yeah. yeah. And when you see this text, it is absolutely like it's it's a thick ass book, and you're like, "Oh, that's a that's a lot to read." But then you get in, and I don't want to blow where the story goes because it goes in a couple different yeah, really yeah, yeah, weird yeah. fucking places. But you'll actually get to a point in the book where you're turning pages and the words are in circles. No you'll turn way. the pages one word, one word, one word, one word, letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That spell. It, it's it, it's, and all his books are like that. If you get this is a good if you want to really get into a, a I think uh, probably the most original author on the planet right now as far as how he structures his books, because he has other books where one side is a story, and the other column is a story. And you can read all, you yeah. can read part, I mean, you can choose a story yeah, that, that you want to read that's through. That's fucking cool. I mean, like, I, sometimes it comes across as a gimmick, but, like, we're, you know, like, in reality, like, it's a bit like music to an extent. Like, how are you going to deliver stories? Yeah. How you, in the, when, when you can find something new, yeah. it's exciting. And every one of his books are like this. So yeah. his most recent book that he did, it has, like, it's in, there's three different colors of ink. 
So you can just read the red and get one full story. Oh, man. You can read the red and blue and get a second I'm story, or you can nuts. read all of them and it's a full, the full, yeah, the full yeah, story. Yeah. So like the red is just for like kids or something like that. The blue is for like everybody, and then the the, the, the three are like oh, that must take so long. And that's to do. the thing when you so if you just if you ever go to a bookstore, just look look for House of Leaves. It'll be, and it's like his probably his, his best selling book. But you just take it in your hands and open it and flip through it and just your head will fucking explode. Yeah, yeah. So you think that would like. Keep you busy. Then. I mean, I still to this day, I've, I've read that book three times. I will still pick it up and like look through stuff because, like, literally, it, the amount of information that doesn't exist about a documentary that never fucking happened will blow your fucking mind yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. that alone. Yeah, cool. But man. as it goes to the guy that's Johnny Trun is putting this story together, he just keeps experiencing this feeling of dread and yeah. fear. And there's never, there's no monster. There's nothing jumps out of a closet. Nothing ever really happens in this degree of this delivery that you're you're used to in, in modern horror. But it's just the book just has this overwhelming, pervasive feeling of just like what, why? I just don't. Feel, I feel so fucking uneasy the entire time. Well, like I mean, I'm always, I'm always up for uh, recommendations, especially like so the horror supernatural genre because I like I am a massive Stephen King fan. Yeah, uh, so so is the band. We are all really? massive Stephen King fans. Oh, yeah, man. I, I mean Dude. we we have a lot of opinions about his more recent work. Hey, uh, hey yeah. there's one more recent work that I really want. I hope you agree with. 1162, um... Which uh, is, oh, the, the Kennedy one. The Kennedy yeah. one, yeah. Dude. Fine, fine. That one's great. That is great. the best thing I think he's ever written. Uh, it's definitely the best thing he's done in, in probably 15 years. I think it's... Uh, that and The Shining, for me, is the best thing yeah, he's ever Yeah, yeah. It, for me, was the first, like, 1,000-page book I ever read. Yeah, yeah. Fucking like, 1,200 pages I, 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 do, I dove into that. Like, if I had to... If, the top three contenders for these books was were, were uh, House of Leaves, It, and, um... The Great and Secret Show by Clive Barker. Ah, have, you, have you read that? No, but again, I, just, okay. I get stuck in... Uh, right, uh, I think we'll probably have to move on ready to... Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's um, fine. That's but fine. we'll do... If we if we ever play with you guys again, we'll do a fucking uh, Stephen King special or something. Oh, that would be awesome. The, like the five Stephen King... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, like, we'll do that. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Totally down. Because I got a lot of opinions about that, too. Dude, I've, sure. seen, I've read like 24 Stephen King books. I mean, literally, like, I, I want to say I haven't read like the last couple. Maybe the last uh, four uh, or five. It's been, it's been up and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, Ryan and I tried to do Doctor Sleep on audiobook once. It's actually good, man. It was just the guy who do, who did yeah. the reading. I, I forget the name of the actor, but he's in a shit ton of stuff. It's, and, it's uh, worth the read. It's, it's, not, it's not great. And, like, it's, The Shining got me into reading. Yeah. So like oh same the same thing with like well uh, it's, 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 cycle of the werewolf really? was the first Stephen King book I read because it had pictures and I was like literally like ten years old yeah, and yeah. I found it and I read that first because it's like you know each month is a chapter basically and that's yeah. it so it was like a perfect like leaping off point into the, yeah well, the shining got me so yeah. so like that is my fave yeah but if it was if, other than that if it would be eleven uh, what whatever it's called uh, twenty two eleven twenty two sixty three yeah that is that is so good yeah. Yeah. I mean, but Misery is great, and The Stand. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know. I, yeah, believe right. me. Yeah, I know. Okay, right so we'll there. move on to uh, your luxury item. Okay, so this is funny because we talked about it earlier. It's uh, cable TV. Yes. I, We'll give you some solar panels. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was trying to figure that out. I was like, I was talking about this in the van, the guys, I'm like, so my luxury item, I was just thinking cable TV. And Brian was like, sick. I'm like, yeah, because that's literally all I'd really need. Yeah, yeah. We'll give <laughs> you... Is, we'll give you We'll give you that, and we'll give you fucking. Uh, Which is just like so somehow I have Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, I don't we'll know get, exactly. We get panels. Yeah. So basically, the usual rule is yeah. like uh, you don't get you don't get like a phone. Or something. Yeah. You, know, you, yeah. Can't, you can't contact the outside yeah. world. Yeah. But yeah. you could watch it. Yeah. Which would be totally fine. I would rather yeah. I'd, if I could literally have no contact with the outside world and just watch it. I'd probably be much better so off. So would you be good on a design? 
like, do you think... Oh, you, you, no, not at all. You'd be shit? No, I'd be absolute shit. Really? Um, yeah, I can't see me lasting very long. Um, I'm not a... I, I have some, like, outdoors knowledge, but to be honest with you, like, uh, I like comfort. Did you like... Like, com- like company as well. Yeah, like yeah. people being around. And not yeah. a lot of people, but the right people. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fucking shit hanging out with myself. Like, I can't hang out with myself. Oh, you know what? You gotta learn. That's the best part, man. Sometimes I'm you, gotta, you gotta find yeah. a way. Because, like, sometimes, like, one of the best things you can do, and especially, like, what I've learned, like, touring around the planet, is, like, getting out by yourself and doing stuff. It's fucking terrifying. We have to do that. But you have to, though, man. You gotta go out and get dinner by yourself. Do something by yourself. On tour, you're in a van with five people, four people, whatever, like, for, you know, 20 20 hours of the day. So it's, like, any excuse to be by yourself. Good excuse. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, but in life, I know it's harder to, like, apply that. Would you, um, would you try and escape the island? Yeah, I mean, I I could see me making a real shit boat, <laughs> like a straight, like just a shit on, on a the TV. Shit boat. Yeah, yeah, with the TV, like trying to figure out how to get the TV on the boat because I'm gonna be on the boat. I don't know how long I'm gonna be on the boat. Yeah, yeah. I'd be bored off my ass. Can yeah. I take the TV on the boat with the solar panels? I mean, you solar panels would work, but would it would it pick up? It's gonna be up and down. I know. Yes. So yeah, it's I, uh, probably not. But it would not fare well for me. <laughs> I, I I imagine I'd be very very much like Amelia Earhart, where like yeah, like I think the crabs took his bones away. I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where he's at now. All right, so the last question I'm going to ask you, and this is something I did as a special punk rock holiday when we played there a few weeks back, um, and I and I asked a bunch of people out there, um, and I'm going to keep going because it's fun. So, on this island, you you you're exploring the island, right? You're going through different caves and caverns or whatever, and like you find a book and this book has a spell in it and this spell would transport you back home but when you get back home any music anywhere on anything is Nickelback would you go home? No, I'll die on that island. (laughs) I will die the fuck on that island. Yeah, you're gone. Years ago we had to work an event some friends of mine that Nickelback when they were first on Roadrunner and they were not the Nickelback of now where they're super famous but they were on that rise yeah and apparently the singer was upset with their like slot on like this metal festival or something and kept saying in between every song we're Nickelback god damn it and they were going to a song and I remember thinking I don't fucking care yeah, yeah, dude yeah. like your songs straight up suck <laughs> Did you ever hear when they took those two Nickelback songs and played them over top yeah, of each other exactly and they literally the start and end at the exact same time yeah, yeah, and the yeah, chord yeah. changes or the same chord changes and the that's what they are. They're robot rock. A uh, drummer from my band went out with his one of his side projects years ago to record with a guy that recorded that record. And here's the thing. What they tell you is, what's the hook? Okay, it's this chorus or this part. Start the song with that. You start with the hook. You end with the hook. The hook has to be like mathematical rock yeah, formula. Yeah, At least yeah, three yeah. times more in the song in the middle. Yeah, yeah, the bridge like, can only be a. Rather than it being like organic. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And then they and then they put everything through what they call like the beat detective, which is like the thing that makes sure every every kick, every yeah, yeah. snare is completely on time. 
then they filter out yeah, all his shit vocals so they sounds fucking like perfect and <laughs> so, fucking... so you didn't want to go home to your friends and your family no i love them and everything but man could you imagine that yeah. that's like that's the that's the that is the biggest twilight zone twist of them all could you imagine that episode of black mirror where you just like yeah, you go back and there was a look at this photograph what the fuck oh, is going on well, I, like like when i was talking about people they was like oh what so you mean like any music I'm like, no no i mean like any film you watch the music in the background yeah or, you know like so that guy's whistling a tune over there and he's fucking Nickelback. You know what I mean? Like, it would be everything. Literally, I mean, how long would you live in that world before you walk in front of a fucking bus? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, bu- could... you know, guess what the bus is playing? Oh, of course. And it's going <laughs> to head on the side, it's going to say, in concert, Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But you know what? I don't think I could do it. That sounds weird. No. I, but could you imagine that yeah. world? That's a terrifying... Full on. That is a terrifying fantasy world to live in. Like, I couldn't imagine... It's hard enough just walking around and hearing it randomly as it is. You know what I mean? Like, you can just hear it around the corner and go, who the fuck is playing Nickelback? I had a neighbor for, like, three or four years in my old apartment that was basically a meth head. And he loved Creed and Nickelback. Oh, man. And that shit was, like, through the fucking window every fucking day. Like, I could just hear it through the fucking walls. Like... Oh my God! Arms wide, wow! And you're like, oh motherfucker, dude! You know what like, really pissed me off is like, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan, right? But they fucking, they influenced a lot of that sort of like that voice, yeah, that voice. A fucking same thing, man. Ten verses, fucking oh, Vitality. Good, Those yeah. records are fucking amazing. Like I, I, I don't give a shit. I love Nirvana. I love Pearl Jam. Like that was again. That's all. I was alive, well yeah. and alive, watching all that shit on TV. Like, fucking love that shit. But you're right. That fucking guy's voice, every fucking dude. Yeah, he just told his from That's this, a cool from, voice. From Stone well, Temple Pilots yeah. to fucking Creed was like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, like that over a modi. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, I'm gonna fucking, because we are sort of in between us playing and you playing, so I'm gonna let you go and do your thing. Thank you cool, so much. Cool, my thing is literally on. just gonna go sit in that room, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, dude, man. I fucking. Pleasure, Jake. This is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. Um, We'll do it again, Stephen King, next time. Yeah, I'm so down for that.